A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to Going for Gold, the weekly women's health podcast. My name is Roisin. I'm senior editor on women's health and this is your weekly chance to plug in be inspired and get expert advice on how to achieve the health and wellness goals that matter most to you. I hope you're all having a good week, whatever you're up to. Um, And if you're not, then, well, you have definitely tuned into the right show because today's conversation is with a woman who I think it's fair to say is like a ray of sunshine personified. She is Chessie King, a presenter, blogger, and now author who spreads heaps of positivity through her channels, whether it's an ode to body acceptance in the form of a rolls and all body shot on Instagram or just a video of the 27 year old shaking her bum in the sunshine or dancing in a duck costume (laughs) make no mistake Chessie is a brilliant laugh um, but you better believe that she is dead serious when it comes to improving the confidence and self-esteem of women and girls just like we are at Women's Health she goes into schools and speaks about body image and self-love she's got a book out all about self-kindness and becoming your own best mate and now she's she has come on Going for Gold to share how she got to this place of self-love and respect and kind of comfortableness with herself and her advice for how all of you listening can too. Her own journey, which she'll tell you all about in the chat, is such a stark reminder of just how important it is to learn to love, accept and listen to your body. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. It took place in May. It was a real joy to record. And as I said, really made me think. So enough from me. Let's get into it. Chessie King. Yes. Big sister of the internet, bringer of much, much joy and positivity. Welcome to Going for Gold. How are you doing? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm good. So we are here because um, you have a book out and it is called Be Your Own Best Friend and it's published by HarperCollins and by the time this episode drops, it will be out. Congratulations. It will be out. Thank you so much. It it was like, uh, it, it's so different to how um, my Instagram is in the fact that it's the same things I speak about, but just with so much more substance because I felt like it was such a safe space just to like, just say everything like things that I wish I was taught at school um from periods and body hair to contraception to all the things that I just wish that I not necessarily uh, was taught at school because I feel like teachers have enough responsibility as it is but things that I wish we spoke more about um in in our friendship groups um and yeah it's it's I'm really looking forward to people actually holding it when I held it the first time like uh, a few weeks ago I was like wow it's chunky and I wrote all those words like it was a really nice feeling lots of people listening will probably be quite familiar with you and your journey but for those that aren't you've lived a lot of life for someone 
in their mid-20s, I think it's fair to say you've had a lot of experiences, like you've done a lot, you've been through a lot. Um, for anyone listening who is not so familiar um, with your journey from, well, I'll let you tell it yourself, but with anyone who is not so familiar, can you catch them up a little bit on how you got to where you are, how you became your own best friend? Of course, yeah. I say um, it wasn't an A to B kind of thing. It was literally the whole entire alphabet. I think I'm still going through the letters. I was so... Uh, free and confident and and just kind of um, nonchalant when I was younger that I was just I just I just loved life and I literally loved making people smile and and I felt so comfortable in my own body because I was just I, I wasn't really aware of what my body was I just thought of it as like something that carried carried me to dance and singing and and all these activities that I used to do and now I'm just at that place I went through that chunk of my life that I speak about a lot in the book from about 16 years old when I realized I was the tallest girl in my year I was the tallest girl in my group of friends um I was a bit bigger than everyone and I, little comments were made like oh when I hug you it feels like I'm hugging like my boyfriend or or when we were out shopping it was like oh I feel really embarrassed because it looks like I'm out shopping with my mom and I was like 14 15 and all these little comments that obviously back then are so like harmless and they don't they don't um mm. mean no one meant it maliciously or with any intent to hurt but I think that all these little comments that you're bigger you won't fit into that oh mm, uh, yeah I'm I, I'm half the size for you all of these little comments I think built up and they kind of ate away at my self-confidence and from 16 to 22 so only about four years ago I just tried to change my body in every single way and I feel like that for me that eight years of really disliking myself and really trying to look like other people. That was time that I, I thought back then I was like, Oh my God, I'm losing all this time because I'm not looking how I want to, but I feel like I gained so much. And I, um, I can now speak about those stories to, to try and help other people and other girls that are feeling like they need to change the way that they look to become a better person in a world that is so heavily image obsessed. Um, and I don't ever regret going to the extremes that I went to because all of that has developed my relationship with my body. And I feel so, I just celebrate every single day what my body has been through and what, um, it does for me like on the day, on the, like every minute, I'm like, oh my God, my heart is beating without me telling it to, my ears are listening. I, yeah, there's so much to it, but, um, I'm finally here at a place where I can just say I'm so, um, proud. I love that. And just to take you back to a time where I think a, a subject of fascination at the moment is kind of the bikini athlete world and the bikini competition world. And obviously you talk there about not regretting some of the extremes that you went to. Um, what was your relationship with your, um, your body and yourself like at that time when you were competing? Tell me about Chessie at that time. I, uh, it was the most extreme I could have pushed my body to, but back then I thought it was healthy and I love an experiment. I love a challenge. And for me, I was like, oh, well, I'm going to follow this 18 week program leading up to bikini competition. Um, just to see how I can change my body. I was, um, listening to, uh, like a coach who told me that I need to look a certain size and 
that going to the gym every single day, twice a day, sometimes five thirty in the morning before work, and then going at lunchtime or after work, and and then following this strict macro, like um, it was just wild. I can't believe that I even did it. And it, the bikini competition was fascinating, and I am so glad I experienced it. But I would just never ever do another one. Like it was a one time, one time kind of thing. It's so it's such an interesting world. And I think for a long time, people kind of didn't talk about what happened afterwards. Um, There's a piece in there's a piece in the July issue of Women's Health, which, again, will be out by the time this comes out. And it is all about the like psychological journey afterwards and people having to almost find a sense of balance and what a normal relationship with health and fitness but even just their body was like the aftermath of a bikini competition you're right um that's something that was not spoken about the 18 weeks leading up was the thing that was the main priority for everyone and that's what you honed in on that 18 weeks but actually it took me two years after bikini competition because I was told I was too big when I stepped on stage. Um, even though I was 9% body fat, I was told that I was too big for my category. I was holding too much weight. All of these things that I I thought after 18 weeks of, I mean, now I, now I see it as beating up my body back then I was like, Oh, but it's, I'm just training really hard and all of this. So I think it took two years to really come to a place, um, of, accepting that that was covering up um uh disordered eating and also um uh, it was like camouflaging a relationship with my body that previous to the bikini competition was just unhealthy and um I was just never satisfied I always wanted to be smaller and smaller and smaller because I was told I was too big to dance too big to model too big at bikini competition um I was yeah I was just so um, uh, focused on proving to people that I could be smaller. So after that two years, um, and uh, I mean, there was so much in that two years of rebelling and going uh, against everything that I'd learned in the 18 weeks, like eating whatever I wanted to do, never going to the gym, not even moving. I just, I I was so unhappy in my post bikini competition body um, that it was that perpetual cycle again. It was like, yeah, so it was a daily thing. It, It was kind of when I started posting about body confidence and body celebration and body acceptance, um, on Instagram. Um, and that was three and a half years ago, my first post, it was from that moment that I was like, every day I will speak to myself with kindness. I will speak to myself, um, with the, the, the way that I do speak to my best friends and my mom and uh, my sister. And, um, I, I just, it was, it wasn't like a breakthrough. Oh my God. I woke up one day and I was like, Oh my God, I love my body. It's amazing. (laughs) It was literally like an everyday, it's like an everyday practice. It's like, it's, it's with anything. Uh, it's like with anything you have to do it daily. And, um, every time I I caught myself or still catch myself speaking to myself and self-sabotaging myself and these self-destructive thoughts, I think, why would I, why would I speak to myself like that? I don't speak to anyone else like that. And I genuinely don't like, why would I say that to myself when I'm literally me and my body are a team, like we're going and my brain We're we're going to be spending the rest of our lives together. What, and we spend more time with ourselves than anyone else in the world. So why would we, why would we speak to ourselves so 
nastily, like bullying ourselves. So it, yeah, it's definitely a daily practice. And I think with, um, sharing, the more I share on social media, the more it actually helps me just accept my body. And the fact that I, I am so lucky, like after, after my bikini competition, um, when I started training again, um, kind of going back into that, like, what else can I do to cover up the fact that I still wasn't happy with my body. I then had a mini stroke and lost my hearing, um, in my right ear. And it was from boxing. Um, I, I think, uh, so in that week I'd done two, three classes a day. Um, and I was on like my, I think I was on my like 10th class of the week. Um, and it was only wow. Thursday and I was boxing away and I fell to the floor. Um, I was gyrating. My whole body was just gyrating from my heart rate being 260. And I crawled out and I came to, and all these bodies and faces were like over the top of me. And I couldn't hear what they were saying. All I could hear was just a high pitched ringing. And my, they were like, she's having a heart attack. And I could just see their lips moving. And I was like, Oh my God, that doesn't, that doesn't help. But at that time I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I just can't hear you. And they, they rolled me onto my side. And anyway, after that, and I was only diagnosed with a heart condition, um, after three years of tests, um, before lockdown. Um, and I think that was my, that was my body telling me to stop. That was like, this is your limit. You have pushed me to the limit for eight years and you've tested me in every single way. And that was the moment that I think the connection between my ear and my heart and all of it just snapped. And it was like, right, you need to, you just need to calm down. And it's funny because you hear all these things like listen to your body and tune in with your body. And actually when, like when that happened, I realized I hadn't been listening to my body at all. And that was the moment that I was like, wow, I've really got to look after myself here. I, it was such a shift of losing my hearing and I still haven't got it back. I, I wear a hearing aid um, when I have to. And I think it's, it's sad that it took something so extreme like that to happen. And I, I, I'm still um, affected by it. I still can't work out um, as, as well, I, I only do low intensity I've got a heart operation coming up that's been pushed back because of lockdown I'm having a like it's like a pacemaker but it's a device that is fitted under my skin and that's going to be there for three years and all these things that actually uh, I would never if you've if you told me when I was doing bikini competition I was in my head I was at my fittest and I was being told oh my god you look so amazing you're so small and you're so this all these compliments that actually just increased that voice in my head that you're better when you look like this and mm. people like people were saying how proud they were of me and all of this and it just kind of fed my well back then my ego and I can admit that now I like yeah I look back at some of the posts that I did and I'm like what you were just adding to that problem but I wasn't I, I wasn't at the place that I'm at now and I'm so glad that I went through all of that to be where I am at right now even though I'm really scared of my I'm not scared, but I'm, I kind of like, I psyched myself up for my heart operation because they have to go in when I'm awake. So yeah, I don't want to go into it, but yeah. So yeah, that's going to be fun. They're going to rummage around and fill the hole. So I've got a hole in my heart and then I'm, I've got SVT, which is super ventricular tachycardia, which means my heart rate spikes to 260 in like five seconds. Wow. And, and that's happened. So I've had 14 episodes in the last three years and it's yeah so 
I just, I just think that the listen to your body, that message did not actually ring true to me until something so extreme happened. And then it hit you in a dramatic way into the sense that you're still feeling those repercussions. So the condition that you've got, I can't pronounce it now. I can't remember it now. The condition that you've had now, is it a SVT? There we go. Is it a direct result of the over-exercise and the pressure you put your body through? Yeah. So it was that mini stroke that I had, um, which was yeah. the build up. Yeah. So that, yeah, that was, that was from it. And then I lost my hearing at, from the mini stroke. And then the SVT, had, that, that's what was triggered by it. And then the hole in my heart was either made or created from the episode that I had when I had my mini stroke. I read all that and I'd kind of heard you say it, but when you're hearing that live in a conversation and someone basically saying how they had such a profound reminder of that their health was so much more than what their body looked like and so much more than their size, it's... It's really, it's really powerful. And I'm so sorry you had to, that you had to go through all that and more power to you for being so positive despite it, maybe even because of it. I don't know. Like these things teach us, don't they? Absolutely. I, I think, um, cause lots of people say like, how do you deal with the loss of your hearing? How do you deal with the loss of, um, your, uh, control over your heart and exercising? But I genuinely think I gained so much compassion and so much understanding for those with invisible conditions, because I, I, I always say like, um, you, well, obviously we never know what anyone else is going through. And just because, um, someone seems maybe like, like I always use the example, someone pushing you on the tube, obviously that pre lockdown, we don't know what a tube's like anymore, but, um, it's someone like pushing against what? you on the tube. What's a, what's that? Um, I don't know. How. And, <laughs> who's tube. Um, and someone like someone yeah, pushing past you. Right. And, and like walking off and then you, you feel frustrated. I would have felt frustrated before I, I lost my hearing, but then honestly, it's like this thing that like the mind, the gap second, I always think it's like this millisecond of like, before you react, I go, they might have vis- visual impairments. They might have spatial awareness problems. They might have a condition that, and it honestly, even if they don't have that thing, I feel so much better because it doesn't annoy me as much. And it gives me that time and that understanding that everyone everyone has something everyone has a story and you don't know what chapter they're on you don't know what pages they've written like all of these things that I just don't think I understood and fully appreciated before I lost my hearing because I've had people uh, especially at the beginning when my brain was not used to it at all and it hadn't adapted and when um, I was like crossing the road and I, I had to look an extra like 10 seconds before I crossed the road and even these simple tasks that you think, oh, you'll be fine because you've just lost your hearing. Like just these, uh, yeah, it definitely has given me so much more compassion for others. And um, the fact that these invisible things are not just, you're on crutches because you've broken your leg. Like you can't, you can't see my hearing loss. It's, it's invisible. So yeah, that, that gave me a, a huge understanding and awareness of things that people go through. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Well, thank you so much for sharing all that and giving us uh, a potted history into how you've got where you are now, which is a position where you are, you're an advocate for body confidence, body acceptance. For me, it's body confidence, body acceptance, body appreciation, body celebration, body respect, all of these things that three years ago, I had no idea. I didn't even, I I just said, I'd never seen it before. And I just said, I want to feel confident in my body. And I just said body confidence. That was like before I'd seen anything about it. So these phrases, I think once you find one that really, um, rings true to you, then, then that can work for you. Because I I did a post the other day about like how sometimes it may feel like I'm speaking a foreign language to people that don't feel confident in their body. So therefore they may find that body acceptance is better for them or body celebration because we all, I think there's so much pressure on loving ourselves and loving our bodies and and feeling at home with our bodies and all of this but actually some people are not ready to do that I wasn't ready to feel like that seven six years ago so it's just finding what works for you and um you can make up your own phrase I I heard body respect a few weeks ago um and I love that it's like actually just respecting my body and not being like oh my god look how amazing my arms I love my arms so much it's just I respect what they do for me so yeah, it's it's mm. finding what works for you. I love that. So find a terminology that works for you. Um, and then, so I would love to go in here to getting your tips as basically for someone who has managed to befriend themselves, make themselves the other half of that little best friend necklace um, oh. and kind of make this self-respect and self-celebration um, a lasting habit. So what comes first? I know you've got, you handily, you quite handily break this down in your book, but what's the first thing that you think people need to work on? Do people need to have a level of awareness about where they're starting? Someone who does want to start on this, I don't know, you could call it self-love journey. It could, this process of becoming your best friend, whatever, where should they start? I think first things 
first, just stripping it down to the basics. You can strip yourself down for this. Um, So I would just do, I call it a mini bodyology session. So like a biology session or lesson. Um, Obviously, you don't have to be like a scientist to do this. We all kind of know the basic functions of our bodies. So literally starting from the top of our head down to the bottom. And like you do in, say, yoga and shavasana, all of our favorite bits of yoga, um, like my, my mom's a yoga teacher, so she's like, relax the face. She goes down like bit by bit, inch by inch down the body and relaxes the different body parts. I feel like for me, when I'm feeling like a little bit like, oh God, that dress doesn't fit me or I wish those shorts fit me. Like I, I have those days still. Um, I'm like, right, let's just check in. What's my brain doing for me right now? And I put my hands like where I'm feeling it, uh, where, where I'm talking about, because I feel like then you can make that connection. I'm like, okay, what's my brain doing for me right now? It's thinking, it's processing information, it's doing all these things. I put my hands on my ears and I'm like, even though one of them isn't working, it's like, what is it doing for me? It's listening. What can I hear? I can hear the sounds of the birds. I can hear the cars, all of this. And it's just stripping it down. So going from the top to the bottom and being like, what is my body doing for me right now? And um, that really takes me into my body. And just, I think like, they are fascinating our bodies like um, imagine what if we could see every single day what everyone's bodies are doing beneath like the exterior layer that first layer of what we look like imagine if we could see it like the mechanics of a clock or the the mechanics of a car imagine if we could see it we would celebrate our bodies so much more so that's my number one sorry um and so like when I get really passionate I get really like yeah lose my voice (laughs) no no need to apologize it's something that I just want like to shout about because I spent so long just being stuck in this negative self-talk cycle that I'm just like oh that's why I go into schools and speak about this to younger people and teachers and parents but so the first one is your bodyology lesson um second one is any time that you compliment your best friend or compliment your family or your work colleagues or anything commenting on something that isn't body image related so something like I'll always um even with Matt I'll, like he's studying a master's in neuroscience psychology in mental health and for me that is incredible and I am just in awe of his brain and what he's learning and I'm like that is fascinating that and incredible that you're you're working hard towards that and it's not oh my god you look amazing in that shirt I think he's he's hot every day but I don't comment necessarily on his body all the time um just because it just feeds that whole like I think the more we talk about bodies the more we think about them sometimes it's just taking away from um the exterior layer and talking about what I like to call the juicy bits the the bits that you find in a human and the bits that you love about your friends when you peel back all those exterior layers people have a perception that body confidence is to do with how we look and like the size that we are whereas I actually don't believe it's anything to do with the size I am because it's all in my head it's all in our brains like I look back at photos of when I thought I was big because I was told I was big in bikini competition. Back mm. then, I thought I was big. That was in my head. Now I see that actually I was half the size I uh, I am now. And it so it has nothing to do with how we look because it is all how we believe. Um, mm. We believe our thoughts and we believe 
everyone else and all these other things that are telling us that we need to change ourselves and we're not good enough. Yeah, on that point, for someone that enjoys progression in fitness, how do you continue that whilst being kind to yourself? I feel like with fitness and nutrition, I think the more you experiment with what makes you feel good, the better understanding you have of um, what is what works for you. Like there are obviously we're saturated with recipes and uh, workout videos and all of this. And actually, sometimes it's like a bombardment. You're like it's like going to a restaurant and having like a million different pasta dishes and like choosing one out of a hundred and being like, I don't know what I want. I'm so bad at choosing on the menu. Like I I will take half an hour, um, because I want to get like the yummiest thing. Um, so I think I love how I've just turned it back into food. Um, I think, yeah, just so experimenting, obviously at the moment we have the time to work out, um, whenever we want to, um, without any like, Oh, you've got a 10 o'clock fitness class and you have to get to it at 10 o'clock otherwise you lose all your money and you won't be able to work out um so I feel like just having if you if goals work for you then incredible um whether they're fitness goals strength goals or just happiness goals um for me I don't go off of a goal I just I just keep like a really nice steady um like obviously my workouts are different in the past two, three years because of my heart. So I've had to do low intensity stuff. But, um, the whole conversation when I'm working out now is, wow, like my body is doing this. Like I'm like, my legs are literally like fired up. I can feel it here. And my heart rate's a little bit higher, but I'm checking in with my heart rate. I obviously don't want to go, don't want to push it. I don't want to have an episode. So it's like that conversation. But if that conversation where it used to be in the gym was, at 5.30 in the morning on a cross trainer or on the treadmill for so long, like literally wasted so many, not wasted, but spent a lot of my time on that. And the whole conversation was how many calories have I burnt? How long have I been doing this for? So yes, I think now, um, and honestly for me, it depends so much like with working out and eating it, it, it fully depends on my cycle. Like if I'm, um, it, I, I'm really trying to get uh, in tune with my um my cycle because I came off the pill two and a half years ago and I just want to learn more about like my hormones and um I'm just fascinated with that kind of aspect so I think the less that you focus on got to push myself and I've got to lift heavier and I've got to do this and just going okay yeah you know what I'm going to try and do that today or um I fancy fancy experimenting with that or just coming at it with a playful aspect. Yeah, so we had a couple of questions sent in from um, from some followers on Instagram. And one of them, which I want to know the answer to as well, is from Aliyah Price. And it's, what is your favorite workout move? Workout move? Oh my goodness. Um, I love dancing, any kind of dancing. I literally, like, the amount of wild dance moves that I didn't even know existed I've done in lockdown because I've just like pumped some music on so loud that my neighbors have no choice other than just to join in um so yeah I like does that count because honestly any kind of move I'm like doing some 90s like some um sprinklers I've got stacking the shelves I've got just feeling the music, like closing my eyes and just like wiggling. A booty shake is by far my favorite. Just literally wiggling everything. It's my favorite. I mean, I was going to say that is the trademark. 
the joyful yeah, I'll, I'll the joyful booty, the joyful booty shake is the chessie king trademark um and if you're not quite getting that then do go check out her instagram and you'll soon <laughs> know what i mean um so we had um Another one here from Jenny, um, which is what do you do to get you up on your down days? I know you mentioned before that you do still have some days when you feel a bit rubbish about yourself. You feel a bit rubbish about your body. What do you do? Um, At the moment, I am painting. I'm like just splattering my brain and everything I'm thinking on a canvas. But obviously, some people that won't be... um, yeah like accessible um so just for me like writing it down so like I will literally write down everything I'm feeling onto even just with like a pen and a piece of paper how you normally write things down and just writing down how I'm feeling and then you know when like in in science I used to just doodle all over my page I just do that and I carry on like just scribbling out how I'm feeling and I just it's so cathartic. It's like, I'm actually doing this right now. Like as you can see the actions, um, just like writing down how I felt, getting it all onto a piece of paper. And sometimes I just leave it and I'm like, okay, brilliant. I'm ready to start the day. Or sometimes I like just rip it up and put it in the bin and I'm like, okay, right, let's go. And sometimes I just sit in it and I feel as in like, I sit in the thoughts and the feelings and I just indulge in that feeling instead of like shoving it away and being like, I'm fine. Like I can, I can get on with the day. It's just like feeling it and being like, okay, why do I feel like this? And and the other side, like flipping it around, like, why do I feel really happy today? Like, why do I feel so full of energy and noticing what these things, like what things around you make you feel certain things? Like, um, you notice when you're feeling your best, when you're with the people that maybe, uh, encourage you and enlighten you and inspire you and empower you. Whereas sometimes I feel like quite heavy and drained and almost deflated when I've left maybe an event with, um, uh, like a certain, yeah. So it's, it's noticing your environment and, um, what makes you feel good and what makes you feel bad. And on the days where I am feeling a bit rubbish, I'm like, right, I'm going to turn to the things that I know make me feel good. And it's not necessarily like, oh, I've got to run through my to-do list and I have to get that done still. It's actually going, the world is not going to end if I don't do these things right now. So I'm actually going to just give myself this extra hour to either indulge in what I'm feeling or to do something I know makes me feel good. And sometimes that is just putting on a playlist and just dancing around my kitchen naked. I love that. So something that is coming across throughout all of this it's like you are on a constant one woman mission to really understand yourself and really know what makes you feel happy and that comes across why you have these this amazing positive energy and I yeah I just think that's a really that's really 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 good advice don't ignore it don't push it to one side because otherwise it will bubble up like that what's that game like whack-a-mole and you knock oh it down God, and yes. then it pops I, up somewhere else. Like it, That is so true. I said like that, but with Jenga, because I'm like, you are literally those stacks of blocks, those building blocks. And you, those like the feelings that you keep on saying, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And like you stack those blocks up higher and higher. And that like that block that you pull out that finally falls over, the, you know, the little like, um, yeah. yeah, what's it? Yep. Yeah that wooden block and that is the same as whack-a-mole I feel like all of the games that we used to play we can use as analogies um but yeah, yeah it's like I, I it's like 
I always said it was a build-up of like, it was like an emotional extravaganza and it almost felt way too overwhelming to deal with my thoughts because I'd, I'd left them for so long. So when I feel them now, I'm literally like, God, yeah, I feel really sad and I'm actually just going to feel it. And then a few days later, I'm like, okay, I, I'm glad I dealt with that sadness because I'm, I'm ready to go again. Yeah, so allowing those feelings and just indulging in them and then getting up and starting again and getting on the phone to your friend that makes you laugh. I could talk to you all day. Before you go, um, we ask everyone this. If there is one piece of advice or one thing that you want people listening to take away from this conversation about how they can learn to be their best friend and love themselves and cherish themselves, what would it be? So every time you're feeling um, upset or slightly uh, angry with maybe yourself or the world or anything, just giving yourself a big hug. Do it with me because it feels so good. Wrapping your arms. I'm going to have a go now. Oh yeah, you're, you're under your duvet. Wrapping your arms around yourself and even that touch of like just holding yourself and kind of just checking in and being like, we've got this. Like having a little self-talk and you can do it on the tube. I mean, people might look at you a bit silly, but do it, on, do it any way you want to. And it's like just that squeezing yourself and being like, thank you so much for like making it to where we are right now. Like you've been through so many days and so many things that you never thought that you'd get out of. And actually, it reminds you that you've made it to this point right now. And I honestly, I just love, I just love giving myself a big hug and like just reminding myself that we're still here. So yeah, I just love giving myself a little hug. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful advice and excellent for those low moments. Chessie, thank you so much for coming on Going For Goal. It's been an absolute pleasure. You're a dream. Thank you. Oh, I so hope you enjoyed that conversation and thank you to all of you for listening. If you enjoyed it, please remember to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you've got a health goal in mind, absolutely get in touch. We did this episode because we've had a number of people reach out. We had Ludders who wanted to build self-esteem and Tammy who wanted to grow mental resilience and I really hope Chessie will have helped both of them with those goals. So yeah, if you you have a goal in mind we will know someone who'll be able to help you get there so get in touch on instagram and put going for goal at the start of your message so we can't miss it right that is enough of me wittering on take care guys i will be back next week see you then even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.